Hey, what's going on good people? This is Gardner Douglas, and guess what? I'm your Oyster Ninja. Um, this week we had a great week, um, talking to different people, meeting different people, uh, a lot of holiday parties. Tis the season is all I can say. I cannot complain. Uh, I get to go out every day and spread my joy, spread my passion on to other people. So, uh, I love it. Again, another great week for the podcast. Also keep those downloads coming. Thank you for all the support. Appreciate you. This week, I got my buddy Scott, AKA big shucker on the show. Uh, he's our shucker spotlight for this month. We work together at Rappahannock Oyster Bar in DC and now he's representing uh, Fannie Bay, Fannie Bay Oyster. So this episode is like so informative, it's crazy. I didn't know how knowledgeable and smart, not to call him dumb, but like he just blew my mind. I learned so much from him in this episode. Um, he got He got it going on. So I hope that you get the same out of it and hopefully more and let me know what you think give me some feedback uh, again my uh, email is oyster ninja pc at gmail.com and of course we're on the instagram doing it oyster ninja podcast but uh i'm not gonna hold you up hope you enjoy this episode and again let me know what you think My name's Scotty Vortignan. I'm a uh, I'm a shucker for Fannie Bay Oyster Company right now. I'm on Instagram as, as Big Shucker, um, trying to sort of uh, just increase uh, awareness about oysters and try to debunk some of the some of the preconcept uh, pre notions preconceived notions that people have about oysters. So uh, yeah, from Vancouver, British Columbia, uh, moved to Philly. For school, and then down to D.C., where I started shucking for Rappahannock, and uh, moved back home and been shucking ever since. So that's pretty much my story with oysters in a nutshell. Cool, cool. So uh, when did you learn how to shuck? So I learned how to shuck. Um, it was Thanksgiving 2013, I believe. Thanksgiving 2013, I was uh, I was at a friend's house in in DC, and they were friends with Kevin Kelly and Melissa Butts down at uh, Rappahannock in Charleston. Now, um, they came over. We were having a, a friend's Thanksgiving, and they said, "Hey, Scott, do you want to learn how to shock?" I said, "Yeah, why not?" Like another, if nothing else, another another uh, tool for the tool belt. And so started shocking. I did about a dozen. Um, Taught me how to shuck. A year went by. Another kept in touch the entire time, always visiting them at the restaurant, and and they said, "You want to? We got brought some oysters again. Let's see what you remember." So I apparently did all right to the point where they said, "Hey, stop on by, talk to talk to our guys, and, and maybe we can find a space for you." And then it became one of those things where it developed into a full blown passion of me trying to not only learn as much about the oysters, but become a better shucker, try to be the fastest, cleanest guy, and, and which is always nice, shucking with shucking with the teams that I've been on, shucking with the shuck teams that I've been with, is um, 
I mean, we're all we're all meatheads, so uh, let's try to be. We're all competitive. We're all former athletes of some sort or have that kind of drive. So let's uh, let's have fun with it and then make have some mini competitions throughout the entire time. And that's sort of what drew me to this, uh, as well as the great flavor that is the oyster. Man, that's cool. That's real cool. So um, as far as like just shucking um, in Philly, BC versus where you're at now, are there any big differences? Like far as just raw bar culture? Yeah, so there's there's a couple different things that are going on. First of all, the it's uh it's a little trickier over here to just shuck the oysters. We're dealing with the Pacific species and they have those nice fluted shells. So me coming from the Chesapeake where I'm a stabber, um it's uh I get a little bit more finger cut when I stab through because they have those nice little little crinkles throughout the entire shell. So that's a, that's the biggest thing I think for when we're talking about shucking with with shuckers is it's it's a different way of doing it unless you're a hinge shucker and there's still ins and outs of that too but uh, the stabbing isn't always the the easiest to do with these oysters um in terms of culture uh over here there's a good culture there's a great culture surrounding oysters people are very interested but people sort of take them for granted because we're in the pacific northwest it's one of the the great places for oysters to come out of and because we've had them so readily available for so long um it's it's i don't want to say it's an everyday cuisine but it's something that i think is is fairly readily available and we're starting to build a, a culture over here like what what's over in in washington dc uh, virginia maryland up through connecticut long island and uh, northeast there where we're starting to see people get really excited about what's going on we're starting to see bigger festivals, bigger shucking competitions, uh, oysters being requested at more things, and and it's kind of nice to see. So we're we're a little bit behind over here where where you guys are over there, but it's it's a fun growing process for us to to make that and put that into the spotlight. Is it more of like a marketing thing that you that you guys have to do different, or is it? So uh, we're there's a couple things. There's there's more raw bars popping up. There's more oysters in restaurants that haven't had oysters before. On top of that, you're seeing that marketing. Part of it is the the getting it in people's face and the education side of it. So we have people coming to coming to the restaurants. So the restaurant that I'm working at, Fanny Bay Oyster Bar, and and you got some people who love oysters. You have people I, I hate oysters. Well, why? Well, they're gross. Um, and trying to debunk that myth that it's 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 not it's not that slimy thing that you think of and this disgusting and everybody hates. It's not that stereotypical snot in a shell. It's got a great flavor, great texture, all that kind of stuff. So we get people in who reluctantly try their first oyster or their second oyster, and the first one they had was 25 years ago, and you start to see this this light bulb click or this light bulb switch on and. People are like, oh, man, this is kind of cool. And then on top of that, uh, we're big into sustainability over here, especially in, in the, the west coast of Canada, all of Canada, uh, and the west coast in general, talking about the, the right ways of doing things and how to make the system better and all that kind of stuff. So there's this education side of it, this conversation with people about – why oysters are so important. It's getting oysters into the spotlight. So there's a, a bunch of little factors that we're working on slowly to sort of create this culture around around oysters and why they're so 
why why they're so great. Yeah, I love to see that light bulb go off and people like, you know what, this is really not that bad. Could yeah. I have another? Dare dare I say good. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty impressive to see to see those guys when they when they first happen. Some of them, it's always fun to me because you see those ones who are so hell bent on never liking an oyster, and they have that one, and you can see the light bulb click, but they're so. They want to be so proud of their decision that, that no, I'm, I'm never going to have another oyster. It's terrible. And then you see them two, three days later, and say, yeah, it was actually pretty good. I like them a lot. <laughs> so you talked a little bit about um, the sustainability. How is it different from the Chesapeake Bay, or what are you guys doing? In terms of what we're doing differently, there's, there's a couple small small things in terms of farming practices. Um, on the Chesapeake, they sort of lay the cages towards the, the bottom of the river and the, and the watershed there, whereas most of ours are suspended. So there's little farming things in and out, as far as I understand, that are slightly different back and forth. Um, the sustainability, in the Chesapeake, you've got the, the oyster restoration project and up through New York, the Billion Oyster Project, which are doing great things. Over here, we don't have anything like that happening yet, but it's important for us to talk to people about um, not just – Oysters are part of the conversation of sustainability. It's oysters, mussels, clams, um, putting putting wild oysters back on beaches, putting those beach oysters back out there so they can clean the water, and not having people walk by and decide that this oh this looks great, I'm going to eat a bunch of oysters off this beach. Um, so there's, there's that once again we're going back to that education side of thing, and then with the sustainability, making sure we're taking out what we're putting in and leaving it for Mother Nature as well. So it's not just it's not just oysters. Like I said, it's oysters, mussels, clams, gooey duck, um, even some of the fishing practices in terms of uh, having little sanctuaries for rockfish or being careful what we're doing with salmon and and things along that nature. So uh, it all falls into that bigger picture of sustainability. But with oysters, it's it's making sure that we're we're delivering a good product, a great product, a farm product that is of of the top quality that um, only helps the environment. So in terms of differences, I think everybody, as far as I know, everybody I've talked to in North America, it's pretty focused on, on the same the same end goal. It's just uh, the, the way we get there is slightly different. Uh, so do you guys use any wild oysters, or is that even a thing anymore? It's not a thing over here. I haven't seen any wild oysters However, you can sort of argue that, um, like the Fatty Bay oysters are beach oysters. Sawmill Bay has some has some beach oysters as well. So for us, the beach oysters when we take it, and it is it's loose. It's not in a cage. They sort of section off different parts of the beach. Tide washes over, and then we come back and either dig them out by hand or or sift through anything along those ways. Um, so that's as close as we're going to probably get to, to true wild oysters. We still control what's going on. We still control the beaches that they're on. We still uh, test them regularly, make sure that there's no PSP, Vibrio, Red Tide, anything along those lines. But it's it's a little bit more of a, a, controlled, a controlled wild oyster. But other than that, everything else is is fairly... Traditional, I guess, more of the traditional style of farming where we have the cages, and depending on what type of oyster and what type of farming process, there's different cages doing different things, creating different shapes in the oyster shells and mechanically tumbling versus naturally tumbling and stuff like that. So that's fancy. Yeah, it's. it's, it's I we often say uh, when people are like, so what are the differences between oysters and how 
How in depth do you want us to go? <laughs> so I know here uh, in D.C., uh, it's a lot of farm-to-table going on. Like, you know, the restaurants uh, get their oysters directly from the oyster farmer. Is it a lot of that going on? Yes and no. So we, we we call it tied to table over here. So the exact same thing, farm to plate, tied to table, whatever you want to call it. We we do that. So the nice thing about working for Fanny Bay is uh, the the oyster bar is owned and operated by the by the farm. So we get our stuff shipped directly to us from the farm. We also do a retail and wholesale division. So when I was at another restaurant um, before I moved to Fanny Bay. I was buying it directly from Fanny Bay's people. Same thing when I uh, the other big one. There's another couple of farms that I used, and it was coming straight from Sawmill Bay, Effingham, through a uh, Sawmill Bay went straight from them. Effingham came through a sustainable uh, vendor that they're talking about. Like they sh- they bring it in from them and ship directly to the restaurant based off of what the restaurant orders. So they're not ordering a surplus and it's sitting around. It's straight. It's straight uh, farm to play, tied to table, and with these guys sort of facilitating that. So there's a, there's a couple different vendors throughout the city that primarily deal with making sure the shellfish is fresh. When we when we start talking about getting things from back east, uh, whether it be uh, Prince Edward Island, New Brunswick, uh, anywhere down through the states. We use a vendor to sort of bring that in because they take care of the, the paperwork and making sure that it's all it's all good. It's easier to, to get an oyster from Canada to the United States than from the United States to Canada because we have a lot more regulatory issues that 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 we like to talk about that we don't like to talk about, but that are are in place. So you work for Fannie Bay. Have you done any harvesting yourself? I haven't yet. We've been we've been fairly busy. I've talked to uh, a couple different people. I would love to get out and do a week out in the farm hauling oysters and and doing all that kind of stuff. I've been on I've been on a bunch of farms like both both sides of the uh, country or sorry both sides of the continent I should say. Um, so I, I know the process. I just haven't myself had the time yet to get out there and, and start hauling hauling shells. So Effingham, uh, Sawmill Bay, Fanny Bay. There's uh we use Cushies out of Desolation Sound. We use the Fanny Bay is the northern side of the company and our sister company is Taylor Shellfish down through uh, uh Seattle, Washington State area. So we have a great amount of oysters that we can pull from uh that give us a nice look. At any given point in time we have four of the five species readily available to us. Uh, on the east co- or on the west coast, we've got your Kumamotos. We have Olympias, um, which are absolutely fantastic, but they're they're fairly rare. We obviously have the Pacifics, and we have um, the Virginicas, both from the east coast. And there's one farm that's doing in Taylor Shellfish family that's doing the east coast oyster grown on the west coast, which gives you a pretty unique pretty unique flavor. Can you talk a little bit about the flavor profiles on the different oysters, just the ones that you you know you guys use? Yeah, of course, yeah. So uh, the way we talk about it is, like I said, we've got four, generally four out of the five oysters. The ones we don't have are the European flats. But uh, we, the Fanny Bay um, is, is I think, your quintessential British Columbian oyster. You're getting a good amount of minerality right down the middle um, with some celery on the back end, salt in the front end. Um, that's really popular, uh, known around the world. 
we have kushi, which is another very popular oyster. It's mechanically tumbled. So when you pick up a kushi, it feels like a golf ball. You're getting, um, with that, you're getting a, a nice buttery texture uh, with a great amount of flavor. It's, it's, a, it's a fan favorite for sure because it's one of those oysters that's not too big, not too small. It's, it's perfect for, for a lot of people. And it's one of the ones we we go to when it's a, a first-time oyster eater. Um, another one that's obviously really popular around the world is the Kumamoto, uh, Kumamoto being its own species from Japan. With that, you get a, a super bright cucumbery flavor, and it's it's a great oyster. Um, some of the some of the, the oyster aficionados sort of turn away from the Kumamoto because it is a milder flavor. It doesn't have as much punch as a lot of the other oysters, but it's still a great oyster. It's still uh, widely coveted around around here, anyways, um, and it's a big fan favorite. The one thing I say to to, to, to shuckers that I shuck with um, is make sure that those guys get in the front of the palate. Uh, the first oysters you try because they will get lost when you go to a saltier oyster. The way I try to plate is is mild, mild to wild uh, in terms of in terms of brine um, and and flavors like that, so that it's it's like a wine tasting. You don't start with a cab merlot and then go to a, a, a chardonnay. Speaking of flavors, that's sort of the way I like to plate it. But the, the kumamotos are great. The Olympias are actually a uh, they're the native oyster to the Pacific Northwest. And I think there's only one or two farms that still do it out of out of Washington State. And you're getting a tiny oyster. They're, they're a real pain to farm. So at any given point in time, the water gets too warm or too cold, you lose an entire crop. They're just moody. And with those things, uh, they grow at an incredibly slow rate. So you have one about the size of a quarter, and that's a five-, six-year-old oyster. They're tiny. They're fun to shuck because they are so tiny. You have to be really careful, really delicate with them. Uh, but they have a coppery, earthy flavor with hints of smoke from time to time throughout them. So it's a very unique oyster. Uh, another couple favorites of mine, personally, uh, we've got the Shigoku. Uh, the Shigoku is uh, arguably, like I said, one of my favorites. The Shigoku, the bigger version of that would be the Fat Bastard, and the biggest version would be the Grand Cru. So they have three three sizes based off of age within the within the Shigoku family, and with that you're getting a, a minimal to medium amount of minerality, bookended by salt and celery with hints of cucumber. It's a great oyster, um, and it's I think it's re- really readily available. It's got a beautiful sh- teardrop shaped shell. They're fun to shuck, um, and they're just they're just amazing oyster. Uh, we've got a new one that's just come out of the Sunshine Coast in British Columbia uh, called the Sunseeker. So it's been around. It started as a hobby farm for one of the Fanny Bay farmers. And he goes up there. Uh, only access is by float plane. There's no, no drive-in, drive-out. There's no electricity. There's none of that kind of stuff. And it's actually really unique in how they farm it. So they use lines with buoys between the cages, and they use round cages. So the oysters actually sit on the surface. Every time a wave comes, the, because of the round cages, they get they get tumbled automatically. And because they sit on the surface, that's where the sunlight hits the water. When the sunlight hits the water, that's where you get your algae growth. Algae growth means more food. So what you're getting is you're getting a salty oyster on the front end with a melon sweetness on the back end. So it's a really cool oyster from that standpoint. Um, a couple others that, that we always like to talk about. The Matakis are very similar to the Kushis, great oyster, mechanically tumbled. We have the Totten Virginicas were the ones that I were I was talking about. We get an East Coast oyster, Virginica species, grown on the West Coast. So you get similar salt content to your your East Coast oysters, to your Blue Points, your Rappahannocks, your 
Whitestone, uh, true Chesapeake stuff. You're getting that that higher level of salt content. But because it's grown over here, you get some more of the the east or the west coast algae through that that they're eating. So you get this this sweetness and this cucumbery flavor that you're not getting over there. So it's it's a really unique oyster, and they they all when they come in, they they come in great, and they're they're an amazing oyster. Um, so those are probably probably the big name ones that we have over here, especially throughout throughout the Fanny Bay family that we that we shuck on a regular basis. At any given point in time, we have six to ten oysters on our bed that we're shucking every night. So there's a, a wide range of flavors, and uh, it can be pretty exciting for for people who are coming in to see us. And uh, and even people we we have them available like I said for retail or wholesale so for people who are want to want to come in go into a barbecue or, or just hanging out who want to shuck them at home too. So one thing I can see why I wanted to interview because you know it all. <laughs> it's always it's uh, learn, learning all the time. It, it's it's uh it's it's part of it's part of the education that I that I need in order to be able to to put these put oysters on the pedestal and make everybody else see and realize how 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 amazing these things are so it's it's diving into books talking to guys just picking brains like crazy to try to see what's going on how it's going across across the the oyster community so so out of all of those um do you have one that you like shucking more than the other uh it honestly it depends on the day it really does. I, I uh, obviously, like I, like I said earlier, we we run into some issues when I have a, a really fluted shell. So those beach oysters that have those the, the big ribs and the big um, the big, big uh, sort of grooves on the front of the front of the shell there, those those can cause me a little bit of issues. So when we're going through those, I, I I tend to run a little bit issue. But there's other days where I'm banging through them and it's it's fun and it's easy. It, it all it all really depends. It depends on the time of year too, because as you know, certain times where you have a, a new new calcium growth on a shell, and I mean, and no matter what you try to do, you're you're still getting some grit in there just from just because the shell's breaking or or at that adductor muscle, uh, it's pulling the shell off, and so it it, it all really depends on on what's going on and, and why, or sorry, what, what's going on with the oyster, it, it really dictates how well how well they're going to be shocked. So basically what I got out of that is sometimes you want to hit it from the back and sometimes you want to hit it from the front. I yeah oh yeah I, I won't I won't admit it to the guys I work with because they uh, I'm the only guy in the city who who stabs. So when we. Um, when I first showed up, everybody was looking at me. You're shucking wrong. No, you guys are all shucking wrong. Who goes from the back? And so since then, we sort of softened on each other's stances a little bit. But um, I do. I, I will. I will shuck from the hinge uh, from time to time when I when I can't when I can't find it at the front. I mean, there's there's a million or a thousand million ways to skin a cat, and it's the same thing with uh, with oysters. It's it doesn't really matter how you open it as long as you're opening it and it's clean and it's a beautiful oyster. On your Instagram account, that you entered into a shucking competition. Yeah, so we, we've we've done a couple this year. I did my first one last year. Um, uh, Bikers for Autism is the name of the first one I did, and I, I did it again this year. It's a charity event. One of the shuckers there uh, is an avid motorcycle rider and um, uh, wanted to give back. 
so he does he does an absolutely great job. He puts on this amazing event called Bikers for Autism, where we're starting to get traction. I think this year was the fourth year of it. I did uh, Bikers for Autism three and four now. I think that's what it is. Um, all the proceeds go towards the other stuff that you don't think about with autism. So family's got to take off work take the child to appointments and stuff like that. Well, they're not working. They're not making money. So how do these, what, what James does is he comes in and he, he helps try to fill that gap. And we do, we do a lot of good work, I think, for them. It's, it's a fun event. It's a great event. This year we had, uh, at the time, the Canadian champ, Daniel Knockins, was there. Uh, he ended up winning it. Um, and it's a, that's a great event. It comes around at the end of May every year. I think it's one you should come up to. You'd have a blast because uh, it's just it's – it's a great time, great people. Uh, it's it looks rough, and their 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 motto is for bikes for autism is look bad, do good. So you're walking into a, what looks like a motorcycle club, and and everybody's there, but it's all about love for the kids and and having fun and shucking a bunch of oysters and and making people happy. So that's that's the first big one I did. Um, since then, we've done a couple more. We've actually got one on this weekend coming up in Whistler. Uh, Barefoot Bistro is host, hosting the World Invitational Oyster Shucking Competition that uh, I've been entered into. Obviously, nerves are pretty, pretty fried. I'm, 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 it's, it's hard to stay, it's hard to stay calm. But uh, it's, it's going to be a great experience. Uh, there's some rumor about who's going to be there. Eamon Clark, who's um, from, uh, who's Rodney Clark's son from the Rodneys in Toronto and, and Alberta. He's coming over to be the head judge. He won it last year. He's placed third in the world this year, uh, current Canadian champ now. Um, there's going to be a rumor that Antti's going to be there, uh, the Estonian champ and the world, current world champ. So there's there's a lot of pedigree that's going to be up there. And uh, so this is the biggest one I think I've I've ever done. Um, all right, yeah, and it's uh, a little nerve-wracking, obviously, it, Get a little bit of the jitters, a little bit of the shakes. The adrenaline goes pretty hard, but uh, hopefully we we go up there and do well, learn a lot, and and uh, yeah. So that's sort of that's sort of the, the competitions that that I've been in. Man, I'm not gonna say anything because I don't want to get to your nerves. But that's some crazy competition. Yeah. Is there anything that you're doing like mentally, like now, to kind of prep you, or do you have like a to-do list before your competitions? Yeah, for me, it's it's um, it's about being uh, trying to trying to stay keep as normal of a schedule as possible. Try to keep as as relaxed as possible. It's uh, a lot of a lot of uh, the deep breaths, just like just big sigh, shake it off. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of. Um, uh, well, I, I don't. I don't actually like shucking a lot before a shucking competition, like the day, the day before, or the day of. I know that some some of the guys I've shucked against love to go in and blast out thirty oysters and get the kinks out. I like to come in. I don't like to race beforehand. I just like to sit there and relax and just get used to the oysters, get used to the knife in my hand, pop a couple shells, and, and sort of see where we're at, see how the oysters are reacting, and see look for little things that I'm. That I need to keep an eye on, uh, like we talked about, maybe some softer shell, some different different edges, all that kind of stuff. But this week so far, it's been it's been let's just try to stay calm. Uh, we're not there yet. It's 
uh, booking, making sure we're booking the hotels because it is it is a little bit of a, of a ways up. So it's just just right now crossing our T's, dotting our I's. Uh, the day of, it's there's going to be uh, booze involved. It's going to be some drinking as as there usually is for oyster competitions. Um, so uh, the other than that, it's just it's trying to find the right balance between taking a little bit of the edge off. And not getting too drunk, <laughs> and that's sort of that's sort of uh, the way that that the shucking competitions tend to be uh, over here, anyways. Um, is is you just wanna you wanna be nice and loose, but not too loose. So that, my friend, is easier said than done. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. It is. It is. It's uh, it's it's tricky because every now and then, like uh, you get you get a little bit too far. <laughs> All right, cool. So, what's your most memorable experience that you've had, you know, during your shucking journey? I'm sure you forgot a lot from all the drinking, but yeah. one that you can. <laughs> um, that's that's a, I you know what? There's the whole process has been pretty amazing. Like I. I I remember the first oyster I shucked, and that was pretty cool. I remember the first oyster I shucked as as uh, as a as a real shucker, not just to somebody somebody at home. Um, I remember the first the first time I stabbed myself uh, and and cut myself, thinking I was a great shucker, and I got a little cocky, and there we go, pop, and I got a little got a little cut in my hand. So uh, on top of that, I mean, we you and I together have shucked. A bunch and and just the, I think the probably that, you know what I think probably the, the biggest thing that I I like about shucking is the camaraderie that that all of us shuckers have. We, when we shuck against each other, I mean we obviously want to beat each other, but as soon as that as soon as we put that last oyster on the plate, we're we're brothers. We're it's a fraternity, um, brothers and sisters of the shell. And it sounds corny and cliche, but. You can go to any city in the world, and you're a shocker, and, and there's somebody who's going to say, "Hey, you need a place to stay. Come crash on my couch," because it really is. It's it's a group of it's a good group of people, um, that are that that are in it for the for the bigger the bigger picture. The bigger picture being these oysters and the love and the passion for food and shellfish and and seafood and all that kind of stuff. So um, everything that I've done, it's it's making friends along the way. It's it's having conversations like this. It's it's being buddies and and, and and making fun of each other in, in the lighthearted ways and, and joking around and shucking oysters and just having that, that type of, of friendship that you build everywhere you go. We know you shuck oysters. Yeah. And I, I know from your Instagram post you have a, a shuck mobile. Is that like your other hobby or? <laughs> so, so I have a, a while ago, I, I bought a I bought a 1947 Chev pickup, and um, it's it's a day drive. It's a project that my father and I are working on together. We want to restore it and, and make it a, a beautiful driving car that I, one day I would love to to have. Where I packed up all the stuff in the back and was able to, to shuck a couple events. Um, that's a that's a it's a it's a passion project. It's a, a hobby working on that and driving that thing around. I do do some catering stuff uh, on my own. I'm sort of building like that that big shucker brand. Uh, so make sure you check out uh, Instagram Big Shucker. I'm looking at uh, getting some hats done with my logo on it. We're going to release the logo fairly soon as well. So there'll be that stuff there. And it's just uh, yeah. I mean it's the the car the car is part of the fun. You know, it's it's a way to it's a way to 
to get around. I want to say I want to say go fast, but it's pretty original right now, so you're going nowhere in a hurry. Is there anything that you want to put out there, any myths or anything you want to tell the people about oysters, you, anything we didn't go over? Um, I don't know. I think the biggest thing, the biggest thing for, for me um, with the oyster industry is get out there and try them. Find what you like. Um, it, it's like it's the easiest thing in conversation is is talking, comparing oysters to wine. Uh, there's 10,000 varietals of grapes out there. There's probably uh, 100, 200 farms up and down the, the East Coast. There's I, I, eight farms within eight to 12 farms within the Fannie Bay community. Just because just because you've had one oyster that you thought was kind of icky doesn't mean that they're all bad. So get out there, try oysters, talk to your shuckers. Um, we're we're going to be your experts on the oysters. So have a conversation with us. We're... We eat them every day. We we have a uh, we we quality control as we like to as we like to call it. When you see an oyster, when you see a shucker uh, throwing oyster down behind the behind the bar there, and we're, we're chewing away with quality control. You got to make sure you take care of the shucker too. But um, yeah, get out there, try it, talk to them. Let, let us let us debunk some of these myths about about oysters, so that you can come in and open up the whole world of the whole palate that you might never have known before. So that's probably. That's probably the biggest thing. And uh, other than that, like I said, just follow follow Big Shucker, and I'll do my shameless plug. There we are. Hey, I don't blame you. And you know I want a hat. I like trucker hats. Just throwing it out there. I'm not. I got you. I got you. You know I got you, man. Hey, and uh, I do have one last question. Um, your most common question that you get asked, what is it? Um. Oh boy. So I, there's probably two two of the big questions that I get asked behind the bar. Um, the first one is um, what what's the best thing to pair with an oyster? And um, since since I've left the Washington D.C. and I've come back here, I've actually taken on bigger roles within liquor programs and, and and beer beer programs and wine programs here. So I've I've sort of transitioned to being a shucker bartender. And um, my biggest thing that I tell people is the same thing with when I sell the oysters. The biggest thing is you got to find what you like. So I can give you a bunch of pairings. I love. I, I love a, a, a nice, dry, white wine with oysters. I love beer. Obviously, I'm a big beer drinker, so nothing wrong with it with a lager or a pale ale or an IPA with a beer. Stouts are fantastic. We're seeing a, a resurgence of of oyster stouts coming up, whether it's um, Pearl Necklace from Flying Dog down there. I believe the, the, the True Chesapeake guys, they have a, an oyster stout out as well. I did one uh, last year with... With Strange Fellows Brewing in, in BC, and we're looking potentially to do another oyster stout up here. Um, so there's, don't once again, don't don't shy away from from coming up with with crazy crazy ideas. I, I've taken a, a wine course, uh, my my a W set wine course, and the guy who teaches it was saying, oh, nobody has high like really tannic wines with oysters, do they? I was like, you'd be surprised. People like what they like. There's no point in beating around it. So. Um, for shuckers out there, uh, anybody who shucks listens, don't don't shame anybody into liking or into saying, well, that's the wrong pairing. You like what you like. Don't don't let let them figure that out. 
guide them into directions, always taste it, taste oysters, taste beer, do this, do that, and make sure make sure it pairs well. A nice cocktail would be nice. Classic cocktails that are dry, booze forward, they're always lovely with oysters. Um, tiki drinks. I mean, I you see some crazy, crazy stuff out there. Uh, pineapple salsa mignonettes are coming out and, and all these crazy things. So, Let's let's just sit back, have fun, experiment, and and figure out what you like. So that's that's the first one, and the second one is um, obviously, what's the difference? What is the difference between all the oysters? And and as we covered before, it's it's vast. Uh, we can talk about it till we put you to sleep um, about about what's out there and the different flavors and the different species of oysters and what's going on within those species and how the farming affects it. So just it's uh those are probably the two most common questions that I get um on a on a day to day basis. Scotty, thank you very much. Thanks for having very me. Important. You uh blew my mind. I think I learned about ten million things. Uh, <laughs> well I appreciate that. No doubt. So if you want to get a give a shout out of uh you know, your email, your social media, you can just where people can follow you, you know, see you at the Royal Bar. Yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, Big Shucker uh, on Instagram. That's probably the easiest way to get a hold of me. Um, yeah, check it out. Scotty Borgnon again. Um, I usually just give out my Instagram. It's easy for, for people from around the world to get a hold of me. If you have any questions, direct message me. If you have any, any concerns of anything I said, if I said anything wrong, let me know. Um, other than that, yeah, I hope to see you guys uh, somewhere along the line. Everybody is listening. I hope to, hopefully I can shuck for you one day. And, and Gardner, I hope we're shucking together again real soon. Yeah, me too, man. Fun times, fun times. For sure. Thank you again. I'll be talking with you, man. All right, sounds good, buddy. Thanks, thanks very much for having me. All right, good people. So uh, I hope you enjoyed that uh, interview with Scotty, a.k.a. the Big Shucker. And, um, you know, if you're in the Fannie Bay area, look him up. He's there getting it on. Shucking and jiving. So I just wanted to leave you with uh, this little story from the other night. I was uh, shucking at this holiday party, and um, I don't know. It's it's more it's a story, but it's more of like my pet peeves. Um, so this lady, I think she was like the event coordinator or something, and I understand she had good intentions, but like she ran her nose across the oyster bar and you know maybe it's because you know she's not used to working with professional shuckers or maybe she had a bad experience at a raw bar and she didn't want to pass that on to anybody else or maybe you know maybe she does that this at every event but either way I mean it was like she was trying to search with her nose for a bad oyster and that's kind of, I'm not going to say disrespectful, but I don't know. It just rubbed me the wrong way. Like, you know, 
you know if how could a bad oyster get to the table I don't I don't know I guess like I said maybe it could be because you know just a bad experience or anything but yeah that's just one of my pet peeves I guess and now I'm just on a rant but the um, the other one is uh, when you're at a raw bar and you see your shuckers shucking and laughing and having a good time and then you get your oysters and you look down and uh, you don't know if you got shucked oysters or scrambled oysters so I hear this a lot and um, a lot of people say they just you know they they eat them the way they are or they just put them to the side or or whatever but I'm thinking and I'm telling other people like why say something to your waiter or waitress and let them know that you're not happy with you know what was brought to you because at the end of the day you're paying your hard-earned money and you want good quality so I mean a good chuck oyster makes the entire difference so it's just hard to put in words but I'm gonna try like when you eat a oyster you want it to be whole and full and you want to break it down and break those flavors down not for the flavors and everything the juices and everything to be scrambled up and in that scrambled mess you can have pieces of shell that you can't even see now but anyway on to another rant and uh, i'm just gonna leave that up in the air but uh yeah thank you guys for uh sticking with me i'm glad you keep coming back every week and uh, happy holidays.